Humble. Last week. Hey, this is Humboldt Last Week. My name is Miles Cochran. This is a way to hear some of the highlights from Humboldt's last week while you get stuff done. It's available where you get podcasts. Please do tell a friend. You connect at HumboldtLastWeek.com or on Facebook. Please let me know if you have comments. That definitely makes this thing better. And quick disclaimer, the pod sometimes features explicit content. Real fast, before we jump in, I want to thank the episode partners this week. Ferndale Music Company with Grammy Award winner Lori Lewis playing at the Old Steeple January 14th. Mazzotti's in Old Town in Eureka and on the Plaza in Arcata. Quality Italian food. Bongo Boy Studio. Record your masterpiece. Find them at bongoboystudio.com. And Primal Decor Tattoo and Body Piercing Studio on Myrtle Avenue in Eureka. So how about that smoky air out there? Every hint of that smoke, just a reminder of the devastating fires our California neighbors down south have been dealing with. Total bummer, right? Thomas Fire down there is now the third largest in our state's history. So those uh, black and white highway patrol SUVs, they also push wrecked cars off the road from time to time. You see that video on Loco? Yeah, thankfully it looks like nobody was hurt in that wreck, but there's this car on its roof near Willow Creek. So this officer makes sure nobody's in the car, pulls up to it, lightly pushes it off to the side of the road. Kind of like how you want to do when people are blocking the aisle at the grocery store. Like, I'm just going to put you here. Just kidding, don't do that. CHP said uh, this was pretty common. Most of their rigs have those push bumpers, so they only do the popo push when it's safe. Okay, okay, they didn't say popo push. All right. <laughs> Okay, so let me get this straight. A guy just released from jail in Eureka in the lobby uh, allegedly grabbed a woman's wrist so hard that it hurt her while accusing her of stealing his money. It, yeah, I mean, about face, right? He went directly back to jail on assault and battery charges. Like, really, dude? <laughs> you can't have a revolving door if you don't even make it to the door. And even more on the saga of criminals that make your eyebrows do that skeptical thing. You know what I'm talking about. This guy who was wanted for threatening cops up in Del Norte County called the cops here to let him know he was going to be driving on through. <laughs> yeah, they stopped him and took him in. You have one road, bud. Say, <laughs> so yeah, I want to thank one of the episode partners, Ferndale Music Company. They've got Grammy Award winner Lori Lewis playing at the Old Steeple January 14th. Her latest album with her band The Right Hands was Grammy-nominated. Relics Magazine actually said she's long been a purveyor of some of the most artful and sophisticated folk and bluegrass music. That is Lori Lewis in The Right Hands at the Old Steeple in Ferndale, January 14th. Tickets at ferndalemusiccompany.com. So Lolita Schools apparently signed something with the feds saying they'd address racial discrimination. You see that? So this is against Native American students. Something that's been covered locally going back to 2012, 2013, uh, in a release the We Out Tribal Chair said this is an acknowledgement that the district can do better. It requires Lolita to hire people to combat racial discrimination, set up an oversight committee. Now, just a snapshot of this, according to the journal, the original complaint included allegations that a principal had grabbed the Native American student's ear and said, see how red it's getting? 
Yeah, she was also accused of other violence against kids and resigned in 2014. There were other allegations about discipline, discrepancies, and more. And another thing from the journal, one of the organizations involved in the complaint said they did not find any fresh incidents and that this agreement does not call for an admission of guilt. But again, it looks like they've agreed to address this. So a guy who used to live in Humboldt was arrested for allegedly trying to hire a hitman to murder his cousin's wife. So the hitman was actually a cop, undercover DEA. Guy was led to believe this DEA agent was a skilled mercenary named Deeds. More like DEA. Uh, this guy's dispute with his cousin's wife was possibly over weed money, feeling left out of a business. So according to Kim Kemp, it was alleged that the plan was to inject this woman with laced heroin, fentanyl, and push her car over a cliff near Shelter Cove to make it look like an overdose. Like, damn, that's a lifetime movie. Court proceedings for the guy are ongoing. Hey, congratulations to HSU football players Alex Kappa and Jaquan Gardner on making the Associated Press Division II All-America team. Saw that in USA Today. That's pretty amazing. Kappa, an offensive lineman, made first team. And Gardner, running back, an all-purpose player, made second team. Big thank you to another partner, Mazzotti's, an old town in Eureka. And on the plaza in Arcata, they've been preparing delicious handcrafted lunch and dinner items in our community for over 30 years. Using classic Italian recipes and offering tasty specialty items from steaks and seafood to soups, salads, and sandwiches, plus pizzas and calzones, their freshness and quality are second to none. Visit Mazzotti's today. I so remember the guy who was wanted for a long time for shooting at a fish and wildlife officer. He was allegedly spotlighting near Carlotta when this incident happened back in summer 2016. They finally arrested him about a year later after tons of attempts to nab him. And according to Channel 3, his attempted murder charge was dismissed, but he admitted to lesser charges calling for a 20-year prison sentence. Oh, hey, Sarah Bareilles, Humboldt-raised pop star with millions of fans. Maybe you've heard of her. She uh, was featured in an article discussing five things you didn't know about her. So this appeared via TV Over Mind. Let's see. More than once, she's forfeited her pay for gigs. Why? For swearing excessively on stage, breaking contract. <laughs> uh, she writes honestly about her life experiences. Okay, we already knew that. Uh, her heritage is French, Italian, Swiss, Portuguese, German, and English which doesn't tell me much. Another thing about lyrical honesty, check. Okay, that's two out of the five things that we already knew. Uh, but then there's this. She was bullied in school here. It says, Barella shared that when she was growing up, she was overweight. The kids at school gave her a rough time and teased her because of it. Some of the other children were so mean to her that she had to change schools and start over again in a new place. These experiences are no doubt inspirational in her emotional and riveting songwriting style. She draws on past experiences and the feelings that they generated within her. So there you go. Just goes to show how far you can go when things seem bad. We love you, Sarah. A lot of people were talking about this. KQED is a huge public radio station out of the Bay Area. 2013 numbers had it as the most listened to public radio station in the country. And on KQED, they have a show called The California Report. Last week, they were broadcasting from here, from KHSU. 
At one point, they took a look at Eureka. Kim Kemp pointed out them calling Eureka a small town, and also one of the most dangerous and drug-addicted communities in the state. The host interviewed a man addicted to meth who had recently been released from jail. He spoke with Sheriff Hansel. Hansel was talking about a bill that has put more offenders on the street. And the next day, the host brought up opioid issues here, other stuff. But then KHSU's Lorna Bryant went on to talk about some positive things about how charitable people are here, about how many artists are here per capita, positive stuff. And another positive note, after the Eureka story, the host concluded, not everything is dreary here. There's lots of great people, good eats, and of course, some of the most majestic natural wonders you will ever lay your eyes on. Big little thanks to episode partners Bongo Boy Studio, local band The Carmonauts recently recorded part of their latest album there. They're a catchy indie band with a huge social media following, and the new album is called Moonstone. Check them out. Again, that's The Carmonauts. Look into where they've been recording locally at bongoboystudio.com. So maybe you remember back in June how someone shot a pit bull twice in the neck near Fieldbrook. Silver guy, he was in that picture with the cone around his neck. He was recovering at the shelter in Mactown back then, and he was adopted. He's doing well. His name is Bullet, and he and his mom actually donated to the shelter over there. So nice little turnaround for the fella, given back to the folks that helped him. The humane societies and shelters could definitely use donations right now. And maybe you've heard about that plan to move the picturesque Memorial Lighthouse in Trinidad. You hear about that? Yeah, it's sitting on unstable ground at the moment, and not everybody's on board with that. The Yurok tribe is saying where Trinidad is looking to move the thing 12 feet away by way of emergency project is on top of a cemetery of their ancestors. They said they were hoping for a better spot. Oh, lots of sick kids out there. Maybe you saw that norovirus stuff. Time to boost those immune systems. Up that hygiene. Take good care of yourself. Oh, and a huge thanks goes to episode partners Primal Decor, Tattoo and Body Piercing Studio on Myrtle Avenue in Eureka. They were established in 1995 and are the longest-running tattoo and piercing shop in Humboldt. They're here to be a safe, fun place for piercings and tattoos, and their community-minded staff is always happy to help. For high-quality artistic work, that's Primal Decor Tattoo and Body Piercing Studio on Myrtle Avenue in Eureka. Humboldt last week, my name is Miles, and I'm on the phone with Lost Coast Outpost reporter Rhonda Parker. I appreciate your time, Rhonda. Thank you. So you've been closely covering a high-profile murder that happened in Manila last winter. Five young adults allegedly lured a 20-year-old man out to Manila, carjacked him, and eventually one of them shot him to death. And in recent developments, one of the suspects recently decided to flip and testify against the rest of the people she was accused with. Rhonda, I'm wondering, drawing from your coverage so far, what are the basics of what allegedly happened that night? Well, the basics, this is all according to um, court testimony, and uh, some of it probably according to court documents, are that um, one of the suspects, Nicole Thompson, 
called the victim, Tyson Claros, on his cell phone. He and a friend of his were out at Centerville Beach stargazing, the friend said, and Tamara wanted to ride. Um, first, she wanted to ride to Myrtle Town, and they agreed. The victim's friend, who was driving the car, did not know Tamara, but she said that they had to go back to Eureka anyway, so she agreed. They eventually picked Tamara up at uh, outside Zilbarnum School, and she said that she changed her mind and she wanted to go to McKinleyville, and she wanted to take back roads because there are cops everywhere. That's paraphrasing. And um, they went across the smaller bridge, turned right to go to Arcata, and then Tamara started insisting that they turn around and go back. And so Claro's friend pulled the car over and said, I'm taking you to McKinleyville, as that's what you wanted. Um, if not, you know, you can get out and walk. And then that's when Tamara allegedly pulled a gun and brandished it and said she was going to shoot him. And they didn't really take it seriously at first. And then... Right about then, another car pulled up behind, and several people piled out of the car. This was very late at night, so it was dark. And um, one of them came up and ordered the driver out. Uh, Somebody else went around to the other side, and um, then there were shots fired. Um, This witness, who had walked across the road and was sitting in the grass, saw the victim get out of the car, walk around the car, kind of stumbling, and then uh, somebody shot him at close range uh, four times. And then two of the people got into her car and took off, and the others got into the car that had pulled up behind and took off, and um, just kind of left her sitting there in the grass. And um, Tyson Claros had been shot four times, and he was pretty much already dead, I think, but they pronounced him dead at the hospital when he got there. And that's the basics of what happened. So there were five suspects uh, initially, and that number has kind of dwindled down uh, to three now because, well, you could tell me maybe a little bit more about that. Who are the suspects, um, you know, in relation to each other, and what are they each accused of? Well, the suspect who's actually charged with the shooting is Brandon Mitchell, Brandon James Mitchell. And it's kind of confusing because Catherine Bodie, another suspect, used to be with Mitchell, and they had a three-year-old daughter together. But Hector Godoy Stanley was Bodie's current boyfriend. He was there as well. Then Nicole Thompson was a friend of Bodie's and um, Claro's. And then... um, who am I missing? Oh, Cesar Valenzuela was the boyfriend of Tamara, and I really don't think he had much connection to any of the others. Um, he was just Tamara's boyfriend. So it was basically Catherine Bodie, her boyfriend Hector, Brandon Mitchell, the father of Bodie's child, Tamara Thompson, and then her boyfriend Cesar. Now, you mentioned that these two had a child together. Uh, One of the suspects reportedly discussed a motive for this murder, um, something that was never legally proven. What was that motive that they had discussed? Well, the motive, according to statements that 
at least that Tamara Thompson made to uh, sheriff's detectives. It was because Catherine Fody and um, Brandon Mitchell believed that Claros had molested their then three-year-old daughter. And he had been turned in. I mean, they had contacted the district attorney or law enforcement, and it had been investigated. Um, I think the little girl went to a couple of uh, meetings with a special, you know, child abuse investigative team and didn't report any abuse. And then the detective, the Eureka police detective who was in charge of investigating this, I think they were pretty convinced or they didn't have much evidence because she didn't, the little girl didn't report any abuse, but she tried to get a hold of Claros and was not able to get a hold of him. And then in the meantime, he was shot and killed. I guess it's safe to say that investigators were still in the process of looking into this child molestation accusation when the murder occurred. They were. I think they were pretty convinced that they didn't have much to go on, but the detective was going to talk to Claros about, you know, see what he had to say about it. And then I think I vaguely recall that maybe he had a different cell phone that he than he used to have, and I believe that the detective said that she called Spody and Godoy Stanley and asked if they had his current cell phone number, and they never got back to her, and then he was killed. Well, it's a very serious accusation uh, regarding this motive, and the parents of the murder victim actually spoke with local media, I believe the Mad River Union, uh, about that. Did you get a chance to see that? I did. It's been quite a while since I looked at it, but I, I did look at that. And what did they say? Well, they were very convinced that their son, you know, was not a child molester. And I believe one of them said, you know, even if he did do something like that, it's it's not a reason for murder. But they didn't believe that he, he would have done that. So... This is a really complicated case. There's so many moving parts. And, um, you know, actually, uh, I believe one of the suspects was declared um, incompetent for trial. Is that correct? I guess we should maybe discuss that, too. Yeah, that was Hector Godoy Stanley, um, Fody's boyfriend. And he was declared or diagnosed as developmentally disabled. He's just been sitting in jail waiting to be uh, sent to a, a state facility for treatment, it's unclear, you know, exactly what that treatment would be. I don't, I don't know what it would be, but yeah, he was declared developmentally disabled. Well, we'll follow your coverage um, as you get it on him. But now that one of the suspects is flipped and agreed to testify against the others, uh, how do you think that could impact the case moving forward? Well, of course, I don't know what she's going to say, but. You know, if she implicates the other three, I think it would be pretty damning. And um, I think that's what the prosecution is, you know, relying on, is that she's going to say what happened and how each person was involved. I think their next court appearance is in early to mid-January. Right now there are three separate trials scheduled, and that's because it's complicated as to how much of a co-defendant's statement can be used in a trial against another co-defendant. Mm-hmm. So they separated them all out. So, yeah, there's going to be three trials with Catherine Fody 
testifying, I assume, in all three trials or as she's needed. Well, that's kind of a change. And, you know, uh, initially looking at this, I think there was a time where they were considering putting everybody together in one trial. So, Exactly. Is there anything else you'd like to mention about this case, Rhonda? Those are the basics. It's uh, very sad because they're all so young. You know, I, um, it's a shame, but we'll have to let the wheels of justice, you know, <laughs> turn and see what happens. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I've enjoyed your writing, and we'll stay glued into uh, what you're going to report next about the case. Thanks a bunch, Brenda. Thank you. So one more time, I want to thank our episode partners this week. Ferndale Music Company with Grammy Award winner Lori Lewis playing at the Old Steeple January 14th. Mazzotti is quality Italian food in Old Town and Eureka and on the Plaza in Arcata. Bongo Boy Studio. Find them online at bongoboystudio.com. Record that masterpiece. And Primal Decor Tattoo and Body Piercing Studio on Myrtle Avenue in Eureka. If you like the podcast, please do tell a friend about it. Connect at HumboldtLastWeek.com or on the Facebook. Also, if you're looking for some new music, head over to HumboldtLastWeek.com. Click on New Music, and there is a fresh playlist featuring Tame Impala, Black Foxes, and Space Above. Again, that's at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Just click on New Music. Please do let me know if you have any ideas or comments. That makes the podcast better. And I cannot wait to talk to you again next week. Bye. Humboldt. Last. Week.